0: I think I might just start putting your laugh at the beginning of every episode.
1: <laughs> Hello, welcome back to the Stadio Podcast on Ringer FC. I'm Musa Kwonga.
0: I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thanks, Musa. I can still tweet freely because I'm not verified.
1: <laughs> what about you? Wow, you, are you to sending tweet shots, <laughs> sending shots at Twitter support there for not verifying him. <laughs> I'm good. All right, so the humble brag. Those 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 who know. Ah, listen, no, you drop me in it. You know, you led me into that. I'm not. I'm not taking that line down. So if you. Those obviously, I mean, everyone that's on Twitter, everyone who's extremely online like we are, will know that Twitter got hacked uh, briefly last night. So people with verified accounts couldn't tweet. And the only reason I noticed this is because I was trying to tag a friend of mine in a really wholesome thread
0: about sure you Avatar. Were. The, yes, Bim sure Adewomley. Shout, you were.
1: shout out to Bim Lee. <laughs> Avatar The Last Airbender. Someone had basically done their own thread <laughs> of videos. Yeah, and I was like, I was like Bim, check this out. This thread. And I couldn't, I was like, why can't I like, tweet Bim to tell her?
0: Hey, Bim, the uh, ho- co-host of the Brilliant Podcast. Thirst Aid Kit. It's mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. Please check it out. Thirst Aid Kit. Uh, good to see your laughs going mainstream. That's wild. Is it wild?
1: It is wild, really. I mean, I just, just get up and laugh. Some people be like, there'll be a backlash right there. He just laughs for a living. There'll be a backlash. You no, know
0: I'm not going to lie. I'm starting to feel like the bassist in this band.
1: ha. <laughs> oh, my God. I've said this before, but yeah, we had a mutual friend of ours, obviously uh, sadly passed away a couple of years ago, but he would talk about how being a bassist in a band is really awful because everyone just comes up to you and chats about techie stuff.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's the worst. I mean, I, I'm not a bassist, so I can't speak for that, but anyway,
1: maybe you've got bassist energy. That's a, tr- I don't like that. <laughs> Let's move on to admin.
0: What's the admin? Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, we're going to have to part ways with Musa Okwonga. That's the admin. <laughs> <laughs> part company by mutual consent.
1: We'll keep this laugh and then just sack him. Just...
0: Yeah, I'm just going to, uh, yeah, laugh we're just going track. to basically, I'm going to build a, a Musa AI <laughs> oh that's just God. going to say Redondo, Atalanta, Red Star, Savichevich, and then laugh, basically. That's all this going to pretty do for an do hour. It. That's all yeah. I do anyway. Just... Oh, Captain America. Couple of those things.
1: Bane references. Dark Knight. Dark nights.
0: Yeah, I reckon it's, I've got enough over seventy odd episodes or whatever we've done now to to piece together. A, <laughs>
1: basically, a, what I do anyway. A,
0: a Moose of AI. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrifying. Thoughts. Um, admin. 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 Just the usual. Stadio.bandcamp.com. Yeah. If you would like to buy our theme tune, we are donating all the money. All the info is on there. Today and Monday's episode will be the last two that will go up on the Stadio feed as previews. So if you've not yet subscribed to the Ringer FC Spotify feed, please do so now. Uh, we'll record an extra final episode that will go up on the Stadio feed only, just as a little short episode. Apart from that, I don't think there is any more admin. Oh, there is some admin. Ooh. I'm not going to do it now. I'm going to do it after the break. But we've got our first ever Stadio competition to give out that copy of Caracom magazine that we were talking about on Monday. So we're going to do that after the break. Today, because there are so many games and everything's all over the place still, we thought we'd let the questions guide us.
1: Before the questions guide us, can your haircut guide us? I see you've got a new haircut. I know the people want to peer behind the veil. How are you feeling about it?
0: All right. You going to talk about it? I mean, no, because this is an audio format. Not least, no.
1: <laughs> That's no excuse. They go after my dress code the whole time. How are you feeling about the new haircut? You feeling good? It looks good. Suits you. Thanks.
0: It's, I, for those who don't know, I just basically, my hair got really, really long and then Germany locked down. And then I cut it myself because, you know, I'm a boy. And it just did that thing where it grew back and some, it really needed a professional to just have a look at it.
1: It's good. It's looking respectable.
0: Thanks, man. That is, I, I love it when people say, "Hey, your hair looks respectable." <laughs> it's the what a what a compliment. I'm that guy. I'm that confidence guy. Anyway, questions. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, the co honcho of the Stadio fan club, Kunle Jo. Yeah, which will lead us nicely into our first topic. He says, "Have we seen undoubted proof that Arsenal are, in fact, the best team in the Premier League?" We're recording this the morning after Arsenal's famous 2-1 victory over the champions at the Emirates with three attempts and two goals and 31% possession, I think, which I believe is the lowest possession figure that Arsenal have recorded in a Premier League game at the Emirates ever.
1: That is wild. You know, actually, that's almost identical to when Atleti beat Dortmund 2-0 in Champions League about three years ago, I think, three, four years ago. And it was like the same thing. It was, like it was 2-0, not 2-1, but it was 2-0. And I'm not going to pretend that this was necessarily as organised as the Atleti victory because Atleti are just super rigid. But I think there was something really impressive about this win from Arteta's point of view. I think like he maximised everything. You consider the fact that, you know, Lacazette's been in great form. Let's just give him a shout for a second. And
0: Yeah, two goals fact, and assist in two games. Yeah, and like both came from like
1: attention to detail, like anticipating where the ball would go. Basically, treating Liverpool's great strength, which is playing out from the back, as a weakness and applying pressure that doesn't necessarily get applied to them. I just, wor- I just wonder, not worry, maybe it's, it's football, not worried, but I just wonder if that becomes a thing that teams boldly attack next season? Because I don't, I don't know, just just looking at it, like, just hear me out very quickly. I know that Liverpool have lost a bit of intensity after winning the league. Of course they have, because it was such a long time off and they've won this thing. But I wonder how much teams go at Liverpool next year. And, you know, Klopp is taking these games really seriously. For him, it's not a summer holiday. He's almost like sort of started a new campaign in his head already. And he's looking to f- fix problems and he's trying to keep intensity up. I wonder what new problems he will anticipate and solve next year. And I'm really mm. excited to see, because Klopp will innovate, he'll do something new next year. I'm really excited to see what he brings out next year to kind of trick people again, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to the next evolution of this Liverpool squad, for mm. sure. Because, yeah, like you said, they're going to be faced with different problems next season. But, I mean, in terms of the game itself, I'm obviously, you know, really happy that Arsenal got the win. Mm. I think they rode their luck a lot before the equaliser. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. But also, I just think Liverpool look knackered. Yeah, they do. They look knackered and they've got got key players missing now, like Henderson's out, who really knits together that side from a technical point of view, but also from a mentality point of view, I think. When you have someone like Henderson on the pitch, in the middle of the pitch, it's more difficult to let the intensity slip because he will be on your case. I mean, how many times have there been slow-mo shots of Henderson barking at someone? But these are players, and I think you're seeing it with the whole of the Premier League now, the schedule is just starting to catch up with everyone. It's, yeah. it's, it's a very difficult situation. It's obviously an amazing result for Arsenal because, I mean, they started the game in 10th. Burnley mm-hmm. had just overtaken them in the league.
1: Hard to too much
0: into it. There. Yeah, I mean, basically, I, wrote, I actually wrote a piece with a rigour that. I'm not even sure it's going to go up now because it was kind of about the aftermath of the North London derby. I won't give too much of it away but the, the long and the short of it was what kind of bragging rights are there really when basically the only outcome from the North London derby was going in going eighth instead of ninth you know and how the two sides have kind of fallen mm. and how that and how that maybe affected the the stature of the fixture this time round because it just didn't have the same feel to it there were multiple factors as well you know no yeah. fans etc cetera, etc cetera. but even though the Arsenal win over Liverpool was a really really big result and a really great result for Arsenal I still don't think it actually changes that aspect of it. I mean, in a way, it kind of almost doubles down on that theory where how many times have we seen teams go to the Emirates, like Swansea, for example, Mm. late stage of the season, go to the Emirates, win 2-1 with two attempts on goal. Or actually, I think there were a couple of times Arsenal lost at home by two goals or conceding two goals where the opposition only had one attempt on target. Yeah. From a performance point of view, there were obviously some plus points, but I don't think it was the performance or the technical aspect or the actual football of it that was really impressive about this. I think, I think Arteta's talked a lot about mentality and changing the culture at Arsenal. And I think he needed a bit of a statement victory to say, hey, look, listen, this is what you can do when you put your mind to it in a way. right? And this felt like the first time that that had happened for him, really. Well, he'd won a game that Arsenal didn't really, no one gave Arsenal hope in hell beforehand. And I think for him, the psychological benefits of that will vastly outweigh the tactical and technical benefits. You know, a bit like, for example, being able to bench Aubameyang and then bring him on.
1: Yeah, big statement. Things like that. What I'll say to that then, I mean, it, yeah, I just have to say, I mean, all of your analysis and my thoughts on it lead me to conclude that Arsenal FC are by far the greatest team the oh, Premier God. League has ever seen. So that's the answer to a question. So, all analysis basically is to, they are the
0: greatest. Yes. <laughs> they are the greatest. Arjit followed up Kunle's question, saying they do have Argentina's best player playing for them. So that save he like, made,
1: the save yeah. Argentina's made late on, the footwork, the way he watched that ball through the air, the deflection it took. Actually, yes. a shout out to him, but also a shout out to a player who wasn't playing, um, Jordan Henderson, because Grace on Football tweeted a. Um, a Liverpool lineup from 2011 to 2012 season.
0: Oh, yeah. And you look saw at that
1: lineup and you just think, look, when Henderson stepped into the captaincy, mm-hmm. he had an even tougher role than Michael Carrick did joining Manchester United after Roy Keane. I think it was even harder because he stepped into the place of, you know, someone reg- like Roy Keane, astonishing midfielder, one of the greatest that United will ever have. Gerrard occupying a particular place in the Liverpool pantheon and even mythology and for Henderson to come into that role into Gerrard's position and take years of criticism really I mean that was astonishing to do what Henderson has done and I just have to like shout that out individually because that is incredible like we all saw the evolution we saw his growth we saw him take all that criticism all that abuse and he went through all the different evolutions of Liverpool he reminds me of that German Swansea came up four divisions Mm -hmm. And they had the same guy in midfield, not Leon Britton. It was um, the two of them. It was um, Joe Allen, I think. I think Joe Allen came to And Leon
0: Britton, yeah. And Leon
1: Britton, yeah. And it was like that, like the the team around them kept changing, but they remained constant. Mm -hmm. And Jordan Henderson reminds me of that. Like at each level, that club wanted to take things up a notch. Players fell off. They weren't, they couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle the tactical demands. They couldn't handle the technical demands. And he kept coming back for more. And that just impresses me so much.
0: And he had that period where he was benched for a while and he wasn't starting games, even though he was club captain. There was something there where you thought, oh, you know, Jordan Henderson can't get in this to Liverpool starting 11. But to be fair, he's absolutely nailed down.
1: Incredible.
0: That position. I think it was when they first bought Fabinho, right?
1: Fabinho obviously had his own, I mean, Klopp is like that. People Mm. he buys often don't go straight in um, to the starting lineup.
0: Let's have this one from Zane and then we'll move on from our teams. If you could take one player from your team Arsenal for Ryan and Manchester United for Musa, who played in the 90s and put them in your team today who would it be and why? It's not even close for me. David Beckham. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Roy Keane. Roy Keane next to Paul Pogba and Bruno Fernandes.
1: Yeah. I would. Ooh. Because he'd make it work. He'd make because Roy Keane is astonishing short passer. Astonishing short passer and would just sort out so many things. I don't believe this oh, he'd go in and buy everyone's head off. I don't think that because if you look at who he befriended in the dressing room, he befriended people who might be seen as like the wild ones or the flashy ones. He loved work ethic. And I think that team, I mean, like Roy Keane is the reason that United won all those trophies, actually. Like he's the one player, not that other players weren't hugely important, of course they were, but he was the soul of it. Like he was the absolute soul mm. of that. Um, yeah, it would be him.
0: Mine's tough because my my heart says Ian Wright. Can you imagine like a front three of Ooh, maybe imagine if if you took Lacquer out and played Wright, Ian Obamiak, <laughs> and how much those two would love each other. Actually, let's play all three of them. Just have the boys up front.
1: Do you know that would work? Because they, you know what, they would all interchange. They'd they'd all play yeah. wide and sit through the middle, yeah. and they they'd press. You'd get a lot of work out of those. those
0: I, three I of actually think in that scenario you'd probably have a setup up like Liverpool's front three where you have Aubameyang left, Lacazette as the central one that pulls a little bit deeper and then Righty as the right-hand side. Yeah, I can see that. I think. Because Righty could create, actually. He was, a, he was a little bit underrated on his creativity, I think.
1: That happens a lot to people that score yeah. in volume. Like, it happened to Veer as well. Yeah. If you're a volume scorer, yeah.
0: But my head says Dennis Burkamp because if, imagine if you just dropped Dennis Burkamp into that Arsenal side.
1: I mean, that is... Ugh. And then just get two midfielders just the anchor, like sort of Matthias Almeida type players that, like, the Veron had. You know, players like that that just sit and just shut down.
0: In the modern game, I think Burkham, I know you, you're obsessed with trying to convert people into number eights, but I, th- I don't think Burkham would ever be a number eight per se, but I think that he could function quite well. If you think he had the skill set, he was tall, very strong, deceptively quick, actually. Yes, great in tight spaces a great passer of the ball I yeah. think he could play a little bit deeper you know he was obviously a second striker in his day but in a 4-4-2 system I really think his skill set would be transferable today in a deeper role Dennis Bergkamp
1: and Guardiola would love to ter- you know Guardiola would just love oh. to turn Bergkamp to an 8 you know he would he'd
0: love it if Bergkamp was at Manchester City you'd have Fernandinho or Rodri and then De Bruyne and Bergkamp as the two eights. 8s that's you 100% would. Of course, nailed on or Gundogan course, as the holding midfielder yeah
1: of course he would and no one would get yeah. near them. No one would get near them. And actually Bergkamp was really fast over like 60 metres. There was a stat I saw actually when I was researching um, a piece of work a while back. He was actually really, really quick over long di- longer distances, deceptively. Really? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: really mean, he weird. had that thing where he just glide across yeah. the turf, Bergkamp. I know that's such a cliche thing to say, but he really would. Like, Fun fact, he's taller than Kevin De Bruyne, Dennis Bergkamp. He was a big
1: dude. How, how tall is that? 6'2"? Uh,
0: Bergkamp, apparently. This is according to Wikipedia, so I'm... You know, maybe questionable, but it says Burkamp's six foot, and De Bruyne is five eleven.
1: Five eleven.
0: I imagine De Bruyne is taller than that. Let me. Uh, let's go to a more trusted source.
1: Transfermarkt.
0: No, it, even Transfermarkt says, but uh, De Bruyne is five eleven. So there you go. Dennis Burcamp is taller than Kevin De Bruyne, and look how imposing Kevin De Bruyne looks in the number eight role.
1: That could work.
0: Good lord. <laughs>
1: Wow. Oh, God. Oh, no, excited. I'm excited. Hold nurse.
0: me. Might oh. have, to, uh, what time have, to have to lay down. <laughs> let's take a break. Yeah, let's do it. Don't forget if you want to check this episode in full and all of the other Stadio episodes in full, go to the Ringer FC Spotify feed. There's a link in the description of your podcast app. Say hi, Musa. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs>